Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. This month, we've just started a new theme this month. We tend to do them every month. Uh, just holding in our own heart the uh, thing that God spoke to us right through this entire year, which is about enlarge. We believe that God wants to enlarge your life and mine, that every single one of us, there's a plan that God has for us. And it's a plan about our future, not just where we are. We're not marking time. We're not waiting for some magic moment to take place. But we believe God wants to build every single one of us. And so last month we spoke about enough. And this month, the word of my heart was imagine. You know, I thought I'd be speaking about imaginations and the power of them. And maybe we or some of the other speakers will. But tonight I want to talk to you about after the vision, then what? Many people have got a vision in their life to achieve. Matter of fact, I would doubt if any of you that are here are people that have at some point or other not had a very strong vision to achieve something in your life. Maybe for you it was going to university. Maybe it was a course that you really wanted to get involved with. Maybe it was a job after that. Or maybe it was a relationship uh, vision that you had. Or maybe it was a sporting achievement or something. But I would imagine that almost every one of us here can point back to something in our life where we go, I feel like that's for me and that's what I'm meant to be doing. Many people I find have got a vision to achieve, but their vision, whether they realise it or not, has got a use-by date. It's got a destination. I have married, I guess now, something like 200 or more couples. I have officiated at their wedding. Fortunately, uh, almost all of those people are still married. They're still walking with the original person uh, that they married, but you know, some of them haven't. And sometimes in life, things can be outside of our control. I get that. But I like to talk to young couples, if I'm going to marry them, about not just having a vision for a wedding, but about having a vision for a life that goes beyond that because a wedding is the beginning of something. It's not the culmination of it. It's not the, the kind of fulfilment of dating, but rather it's about what goes on beyond that. I speak to young people, young couples that have longed to have a child. And so finally their dream comes true and they come up very excited. And they tell you about how they're, you know, they're pregnant now and all that that's going to mean. Or for some, it's the dream job. I finally got the job or I got accepted into that course that I've been longing for and all the rest of that. But the reality is that those things can never be a destination in our life. You are going to walk through a lot before you finish. Let me just tell you really up front, you're going to walk through good days and you're going to walk through tough days. They will come to every single one of us. There's going to be some moments that are amazing. They'll be the highlight pages. They'll be the ones you're excited to talk about. Then there'll be some other parts of your journey that are difficult. And it's important to understand that for all of our life, it's after the vision, after I see that come to pass, then what? 
Many people have got no vision for a powerful family or for a career uh, and a life beyond all that. Several years ago, before she started Victory Life Church, I interviewed Margaret Court. Now, of course, she's the pastor of Victory Life and quite well known for that. But I interviewed her and I'd never in my life interviewed someone ever that was at one point recognised universally as number one in the entire world. Not only about you, I've never been number one at anything apart from being me. That's the only thing I can say I'm number one and I'm really good at being me. And, uh, you know, I don't know about some of you here. I know there are people here who got to maybe number three in the world or, or, or you've achieved some recognition or some awards. I had never met anybody that had been number one on the planet. And so the question I really wanted to ask her was tell me what was it like the day that you got crowned? It was 1962. The day that they said there was no one on the planet that's better than you. What did that feel like? And honestly, we hadn't prepared the whole thing and in a sense of scripted it. And so I was expecting her to say it was amazing. It was so ecstatic. I was so elated. It was the greatest day of my life. Instead of that, out of her mouth, this is what she said. She said, it was the worst day of my life. And I was so shocked. I remember it was back in the old Salvo building. I was so shocked by that response that I, 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 I was dumbfounded. I, I was like, and I, uh, finally I stammered out, why? And she said to me a powerful thing I've never forgotten. She said, think about it a minute. After you're number one in the world, what is there left to achieve? And I thought, well, now she was number one three years, or four years running, 1962, 63, 64, 65. Then again, a bit later on in the 70s as well. But instead of the best day, she said it was the worst day. She had a vision to be the best, but she had no vision beyond that. Now, obviously now, she's discovered that apparently life's more than tennis. Apparently God's got a plan for your life beyond the wildest days of your greatest achievement. Now, listen to me. I'm not talking down goals. I'm not talking down achievement. I believe in it. I dream for it. I think about it. I get into the worship, the great worship like we had tonight. And I see people that we are going to reach all around about us. I never see just however many seats or how many people are in front of me. But I see all the multitudes that are in the valley of decision that God wants us to touch and to reach. And I thank God for every milestone and every achievement and everyone that we've been able to help, every person that's come to Christ. I spoke to a young man this morning, only been in the church for a couple of months, and he stood there weeping as he told me about his life and about what his life had been like and then how he'd found Christ and out of incredible brokenness is now walking with God. But he told me about 
about some of the struggles of what that has meant for him. And I look at that guy and I go, thank you, Jesus, that we got to be a part of something extraordinary, that the gospel is never about a service. The gospel is never about, uh, you know, Christian activities or it's never about just fellowship. The gospel is holding out what the Bible says is the word of life. It says it's the gospel is the power of God under salvation, that there's something more amazing about it than simply preaching or simply a service or simply emblems or simply some other thing that we celebrate in church. But every single moment and every single day of a Christian's life, there is something gathered about your life and there is something strong and something invisible and something powerful. I felt my attention drawn before the service and to the passage in 2 Kings chapter, uh, chapter where? 2 Kings chapter 6, where Elisha the prophet is, he wakes up in the morning and the city therein is surrounded by their enemies and they're all there. And his servant gets alarmed and says, Oh, wow, you know, look, we, we, look what's uh, there. And he says to him, There are more for us than there are against us. The reality is that for every believer, I want you to know this time, every single believer, there is more happening in you and around you than any enemy will ever have the power to stop or to hinder. The plan of God for your life and mine is a part of something supernatural, something eternal, something moment and life changing in the universe. We are not simply people that are parked waiting for the heavenly tour bus to come by and pick us up. We are not on pause till death takes us home, but we are His ambassadors down here on planet Earth. We are in this space for a reason. We are here because God wants to do something extraordinary. And the longer we go on and the darker the world gets, the brighter the light of Jesus will always shine through our life and beyond us in the name of Jesus. And so Margaret discovered that God had got a plan and that her greatest days were not the days of being number one, but there was more beyond that. Now this morning I spoke about Gideon and tonight I'm going to speak about him again. And I've preached on this guy so often, I reckon when I get to heaven, he's going to say, finally, there's no more preaching from you about me. But I'm going to preach to you about the end of his life. I've never preached on it before. I'm going to speak to you about the end of his life. Not the bit we all celebrate where this very intimidated, insecure, very uh, feeling so inferior young man has a visitation from God that changes his life. Can I say to you, if that happened under the old covenant, don't you know that under the new covenant, God is still invading people's lives and bringing phenomenal change into their life. I believe for that in every single service that nobody that comes in here can just go, well, I went to a service. 
I don't pray for going to a service. I pray that you will get impacted by the Holy Spirit. I pray that every single one, because you can walk out of here a different person. If the Spirit of God could come on Saul and make him like another man, I know if the Spirit of God can come on Gideon and make him like another man, if the Spirit of God can come on a little shepherd boy and turn him into a giant killer, then I know the Spirit of God. That's where my confidence is, not in my ability to persuade or encourage or motivate because that would be so short term. That would be so transient, so passing, so temporary. And yet if the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you here, whether you ever change your job or not, or whether you stay in the one you're in, I know that the Holy Spirit will get involved in your world and you will become somebody that God greatly uses. Listen, never put your eyes on a title or a position. Always keep your eyes on saying, God, if I can serve you, that'll be my great joy. Amen. That'll be my great joy in Jesus' Name. So I want to read to you about this at the end. He's won the battle over the Midianites. And everyone celebrated this guy. And now they're all talking about what a legend he is. Because how many people know the people that never believed in you before God touched you? Now they're going, we always knew you had it in you. I always love the people afterwards to come and say, we knew we could win. I always love the fact in Australia, this is pretty true. You know, if, uh, if the team you're watching play loses, you go, they lost. If they win, you say, we win. We won that. It's just an Aussie thing. Not about other cultures, but certainly an Aussie thing. Here's Judges 8 verse 22. And this is the story of Gideon afterwards. Then the men of Israel said to Gideon, the guy who's won the victory, he's made it, he's arrived. He's achieved everything so far that the Lord promised him, you will deliver Israel as one man. Men of Israel said to Gideon, rule over us, both you and your son. Because you see, nothing you do is ever just about you. It's always about the ones that come after you, whether you've got children or it's immaterial. There is a generation walking in your footsteps. There's a generation that walks in mine. I want to give them no reason to stumble. I want to give them no reason to be offended with the things of God. I'm only human. I may not be perfect, but I want to make sure that what I do lives beyond me, both you and your son and your grandson also, because you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord will rule over you. Then Gideon said to them, I'd like to make a request of you that each of you would give me the earrings from his plunder for they had golden earrings because they were Ishmaelites. The men wore a gold earring in their ear. And they answered, we'll gladly give them. And they spread out a garment. Each man threw into it the earrings from his plunder. Now the weight of the gold earrings that he requested was 1,700 shekels of gold. Now, I don't know what that weighs. I think a shekel was about two and a quarter pounds or something rather. And all I know is it was a heck of a lot. Besides the crescent ornaments, pendants and purple robes which were on the kings of Midian, beside the chains that were around the camel's necks, then Gideon made it into an ephod. That was a priestly garment. In other words, he took the gold, took it to a goldsmith, or maybe one of he and his kids did it, but they melted it down and they fashioned it into the picture of the house of God. 
In other words, they made an image out of this thing. He set it up in his city, Ophrah, and all Israel played the harlot there with it. And it became a snare to Gideon and to his house. This man who God had so profoundly used and whose life had been so amazingly changed, apparently only had a vision that lasted to a victory. He's like the people I spoke about earlier, people that have got a vision for getting married, but not the vision for a great family. The person who's got the vision to get the job, but's got no vision for the kind of life they want to lead beyond all that. Here's the truth, that God's purpose is for life. It's not for a season. God's purpose, listen to me, because your life most likely is going to go a long, long while. No matter how old you are now, you might be in your 60s. Well, the average lifespan for a male in Australia is past 80. So even if you're 60, you've got another 20. If you're 70 here, you've certainly got another 15 to go. But what if you're only 25 here and three times your existence is awaiting you in your future? Because by the time you get uh, in another 50 years, the lifespan of Australians will be 100 easily. So think about that a minute. Because so often we set our goals so low because we are looking at a season, but God is looking at a life. And God's plan for your life goes far beyond achievement or applause. That's why we can say it's, it's life. I, I know I didn't know this. See, when I first got saved, when I, when I gave my life to Christ, I was 19 and uh, man, it was the end times, it was the Cold War, it was the president with his finger on the nuclear button, and it was all like, you know, uh, you know, it was the Larry Norman, was that his name? We've been left behind, you know, and the, and the, the rapture movies were out, you know, the thief in the, anybody ever seen Thief in the Night? You ever seen that? Four of you. We must show it here one night just for the heck of it. It shows someone in a bus and all of a sudden the bus driver disappears. Wow. And we were all, the church was full of end time preachers. They told us that the bank card was, was definitely the mark of the beast because it was three Bs that looked like a six. And that was six, six, six. And you know, I gotta be honest, I've always been a little bit naughty, I guess. I remember asking one of them, I said, well, they would tell me all about 666. And I said, yeah, but do you know what 668 is? And they said, no, what's that? I said, it's the neighbour of the beast. <laughs> anyway. Well, it was so much on everybody's mind. Everyone was so much thinking about it. We honestly thought we would never live long enough to have children. But I'm a granddad. And my goodness gracious, apparently Jesus never came back in all the moments that we thought He was going to. How many people here remember, was it 19, what was it, 1988 was the planetary alignment thing. I'm going right back into history here for some of you here. That was, that was kind of like, that sweat ran. How many people here remember the millennium bug? Come on, come on, most of you here were alive then. Hello? I remember we had a night for the church. I put on an info night. I got the head of the water corp 
for Western Australia. I got the head of one of the major banks to come. And then we had the head of, I think, the electricity, uh, you know, the lender or whatever, uh, come along. And we had a night where we talked about this because the, you know, people were saying, it was in the papers, your toaster wouldn't work. Well, I wasn't too much worried about my toaster, but when they talked about the plane stopping in the midair, that really got me a bit concerned because I knew I wasn't getting on a glider. And so it was a bit of an issue. And I, some of you here are going, what kind of nutty people were you? Well, it was the time. It was the vibe. It was the, it was the vibe. It was the thing. It just, you weren't there. It was just the thing. It was kind of like, it was the vibe. And, uh, you know, we kind of thought all that, but here I still am. Now, I do know that one day, everything we all, I've just made fun of, one day every single part of it's going to come to pass. The Bible says that He's returning and that we shouldn't kind of laugh at it like it's never going to happen, which I'm certainly not doing. It's going to happen. But this much I know is that God's plan for your life goes far beyond any achievement or applause. Romans chapter 11, verse 29 says, the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. That's the New King James Version of it. But what it means, the word repentance there is not the word that's used to repent everywhere else in Scripture. The, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, means to change your mind. But this other one's a different Greek word. And it literally means to have a care for something afterwards. The best way to, to translate it is to say it's buyer regret. You know what buyer regret is? You go and you spend the money and then as soon as you walk away, Anybody know what it's like? You walk away going, oh, what did I do that for? Oh, I'm not sure. And then you get up the next morning, you look at that thing you bought and you go, oh, what did I buy that for? I think that's, like I've got a jacket at home I just, I just never wear and I go, what was I thinking when I bought that jacket? Like, you know, it looked like Mr. Whippy, you know. What is that jacket? You know, and, uh, and that's not helped by the fact the first time I wore it somewhere, someone came up and said, you know, uh, are you trying out for Mr. Whippy? And I said, thank you for noticing. God bless you. You know, appreciate you. The Bible says in Romans 11, God, listen to me, God has no buyer regret about you. He didn't call you. And then as soon as he done it, go, nah, nah, not sure. What if, how come? Listen to me, every single one of us in this room right now, every single one of us, God chose you with full knowledge of where you would be, what you would do, how you would stumble, how you would miss things, how you would not be perfect. He chose you anyway. He absolutely, there is no buyer regret in God. There is not one shred of Him going, oh, heck why? The Bible says there's no None of that. All of His gifts and His callings are part of something strong for your life. God's purpose is for life. That's why you really want to think a lot harder about making a dumb decision. Amen. Because dumb decisions I've discovered last a long while in life. Here's number two. Second thing about Gideon's life and about a vision that goes beyond just a moment is this, that achievement that's not part of a larger purpose will always become a stumbling block instead of a stepping stone. Achievement, listen to me, achievement that's not part of a larger purpose. Instead of greater glory and blessing, his achievement 
actually became a stumbling block to the whole nation. Think about that. What should have been an amazing, an amazing moment. See, what, he, what, he, what should he have done? I think he should have stepped up because God had called him to leadership. God called him to leadership and instead he thought it was just for a moment and for a season. He said, I'm happy to lead you to victory. Everybody's saying, we actually want your spirit-led, spirit-filled leadership to continue down through our family. And he goes, nah, nah, I was only good for a moment. And the old demon of insecurity that had so plagued his life at the beginning rose up and bit him at the moment of success. I said to someone this week, we're the first generation that I know of that has struggled so much with success. My parents' generation went off to war and came back messed up. I've got uh, relatives that went off to all some of the great conflicts around the globe and it severely impacted them psychologically. And I guess I can look at that and go, well, they had a reason why that was so. But we're the first generation almost every week we find another celebrity, another sports star, another recording artist, another movie star, another person who's finally got to the place that they worked for, dreamt for, lived for, sacrificed for, and say, you know what? This is too hard. And they step away from it. And I'm certainly not having a shot at them. But listen, it was always about continuing. And it was never about arriving. Have you had a stumbling life? Maybe a relationship that was important to you went belly up. Can I say to you, please don't think that's the end because it was never about arriving at that thing. Are you with me? It wasn't about arriving, it was about continuing. Your life will go on. You might go, oh no, no, that's the end. That was all my hopes and all my dreams. I would say to you then, get more hopes and more dreams. Get some bigger ones. Go to God and say, God, I need a fresh stream. I'm amazed how many people's whole life revolves around one space that really God's thing was always larger. Instead of greater glory and blessing, it became a stumbling block to Israel. Achievement that's not part of a larger purpose will always become a stumbling block to you. By the grace of God, I met some people that have been pretty successful in their life. And I've noticed that the ones, I was talking last week uh, to Bruce, Bruce McPhee, who's in our church for a number of years, now moved back to Queensland. Seven times world champion, kickboxer. Seven times, that's pretty good, I reckon. Because, you know, I've only been world champion once. <laughs> Zero, none. And... Uh, there's Brucey, and when I actually had the conversation when I sat and had coffee with him a week ago when he was back here. I said, Bruce, do you miss it? He goes, no, because what God has opened up for me, he's now back. This guy who has been applauded and paid a lot of money uh, to go out there and use his body as a battering ram and a, some weapon of war, he's been paid all that money for all that stuff. But now he says to me, but now because he came to Christ, and now he says, God has opened up this space and look what I'm doing for family. And God has got me there. He said it to me, God's got me there. Do you know how, do you know how important it is to be able to say, God's got me there? Do you know how many people would wish to God 
that they could say that about their life. God's got me where I am. And so every achievement is only a part of the journey. It's something to celebrate. That's not making a mistake about it. Because I want to tell you, if I was seven times a world champion, I'm pretty sure I'm wearing the T-shirt. I'm taking the jacket off and saying, check out the guns. Well, instead of pulling the sleeve down, saying, don't look at them. Think about it. Your life's going to go a long time. I hope. So let me encourage you to be somebody who's on the journey, on the journey, on the journey. It's about continuing. It's not about arriving. Maybe you've been through some major health thing and you survived it. And now we, go, we kind of feel like, wow, that was it. No, it wasn't. It was just another milestone. And there'll be many more. So we want to make sure we've got the spirit of continuing, not the spirit of arriving. Here's number three. God's plan is beyond our imagination and it's greater than our abilities. Now I'm going to talk for a minute, just a couple of minutes about your imagination. Because I actually, I'd plan to speak about imagination, about the power of it. And then I read this verse in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 that says this, Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. And I thought so much for my powerful imagination because God says He's actually able to do more than I can even dream up, more than I can imagine. And if you overlay that as the template of your life, what is your greatest dream? And God says, I can do more than that. See, the problem with Gideon was he used up all of his imagination getting to the place of victory. Oh, listen, you ought to remember that. He used up all of his vision. I've watched people use up all their pastor friends of mine that have used up all their dreaming just to get the church to a certain size. They've used up all their imagination growing their business. And when they finally get there, the imagination tank is empty. Because they used it all up getting there. Are you all here tonight? Some of you are looking like, wow, he's belting me right over there in the head here. I don't mean to. I'm just want to stir your life to start to say, are you breathing? Then start engaging your imagination, saying, God, you can do more through my life. Moses was 75, sorry, 80 when God called him. Abram was 75. And these guys that thought they're in the twilight years, God says, look out. I'm now about to use you in a powerful way. Don't limit God to what you can imagine. It's a hard job, quite frankly. I know for me, as a, as a leader, you know, I kind of got to keep reminding myself, God can do more than what I can dream up. Amen. So I want to keep the gate open. You know what I mean? I don't want to go, well, you know, I've got enough. That great story about Elisha when he's dying and he calls in the king and he says to him, get an arrow and fire it out the window. He says that from his sick bed. And when he does that, he prophesies to him. He says, this is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. So he knows that this is a prophetic thing he's doing right there. And then he says, now take the rest of your arrows and strike the ground. And he struck the ground three times and stopped. And Elisha dying gets angry at him and says, why did you stop with three? 
He says, now you'll have victory, but you could have won the whole thing for a much longer period of time. Amen. I don't know about the rest of you here. I find the Holy Spirit, I'd love to tell you it's me, but you know, it's not me. It's not my personality. Leave me, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I want a comfortable life. I really do. I really would like some days to just, you know, find cruise control wherever it is. But then I come to church like this and somehow or other in the worship or in the fellowship or in my prayer early in the morning or in my daily going about, somehow or other the Holy Spirit comes along and as much as I want to go, it's time for cruise. He just goes, oh no, there's so much more. And he pressing that energizer bunny button. Did you know you got one? He presses the energizer bunny button. How many people you know what I'm talking about? So there's David Faulkner sitting back there, who used to be a pastor up in the Kimberley, up there, served God for those years, came back down and just got back this week from Peru. And what's a man of your age going, it's time for me to go to Peru? What on earth possessed you? What on earth got into your mind? Don't you know you should be wearing a cardigan and playing lawn bowls and sitting back? Instead of that, he's all the money saved up. He puts it there and says, I'm going off to Peru to help people. I don't think you've ever been to Peru before, have you? It's not like, you know, it's not like he's got relatives there who's got a business interest over there. He's just off to Peru, man. Why? Because the Holy Spirit... Which I, who I'm hoping tonight will get some of you that are just going, well, you know, I'm glad I'm saved. And, oh, I'm going to get to heaven one day. and Praise God, one day yonder. I don't even know what song that was about to be, but it, obviously I shouldn't sing it. Think about it. Proverbs 29, 18 talks about without a vision. People cast off restraint, but it's got the meaning of an ongoing thing. It's not something I had. Oh, what a tragic life it would be if I only had a moment's vision of my life. There was a day when God called me and then the rest of my life just pretty ordinary, really. Really. If you have no adventure in your life, I will give you a prayer. Are you ready? Get ready to write it down. This is the prayer you should pray so you can have more adventure. How many people say, I want to have an adventurous life? Here's the way it goes. You pray this. This is where you're ready. Just get deep, get close, get quiet, get ready. This is the prayer you need. It's a secret prayer. How many people know it? I'm going to give it to you. I'm, I'm putting it out there tonight. This is it. Lord, use me. Amen. Did you write that down? A couple of you guys in the front here, I assume you're writing it down. It's either that or saying hi to Facebook. But uh, no, no, you wouldn't do that. Uh, Lord, use me. But then, of course, when he does use you, don't go around complaining that you feel used. <laughs> God's vision for you was never just to get you only to heaven, as great as that is, but to use your life to display his grace and power. It's always going to be beyond your abilities. I think that's what makes it so much fun. That's what I'm telling you today. Ask me another day when things are a bit tougher and I mightn't feel like it's so much fun. I might think, yeah, right. 
But the truth is, Moses said, I can't speak. And God said, guess what? I've got a plan. You are going to become my voice to the most powerful man on the planet. I go, how fun's that? Paul spent his entire life studying law. He was the lawyer of the lawyers, the Pharisee of the Pharisees, the Hebrew of the Hebrews, he says in Philippians. And God goes, guess what? I would like you to become my apostle of grace. That must have undone him so much. Have a vision that's great enough to demand all your life. Amen. Have a vision great enough so that you'll never get to the end of it. I, you know, I like completing things. It's in my nature. I like lists. I cross them off. I, I always feel satisfied that I get stuff done. It's there. And it, but you know, when it comes to life, there's never going to be a moment where I'm going to be able to go, list finished, stop now. Amen. So people who say to me, oh God, I've got so many, you know, God didn't answer my prayer. And I would say, what, only one? You've only got one unanswered prayer. You need to pray more. Amen. I've got a whole truckload of unanswered prayers. Amen. Unanswered vision. That, that doesn't intimidate us. Actually, that's what energizes us. Amen. Let's pray together. Bow with me a minute. Team, please come. Let's serve God together tonight. I never believe that there's such a thing as another service. And so I know that you are that are here tonight are here because God wanted you to hear it. And because there are people listening via the podcast and God wants them to hear it. Because there's some of us here and, you know, maybe the pressure against you has been strong. And you start feeling like I used it all up getting here then tonight's going to be a night where you come before God and say, God, would you refill my vision tank? God, would you refill my imagination tank? God, would you refill the tank of my calling? God, would you fill it up again, Lord, so that I can keep going? Because I don't want to slow down to the end. I want to run harder the closer I get to the finish line. Now, I know many of you here, That'll be your story. That's your heart. That's your spirit. I want to run harder all the way. And you might go, Jeff, but can I just have a breather? Can I have a moment's break? Oh, God will give you plenty of those. Times of refreshing, the book of Acts talk about. Times of refreshing that come from the presence of God. It's not all go, go, go. It's not all strive, strive. But neither is it a divine holiday while we wait for heaven to arrive. God's got a great plan for your life. It will take all your life to fulfil it. Dream something so large that only God can do it. Dream something so great that it will demand all of your life to see it come to pass. In Jesus' Name. Heavenly Father, we thank You for tonight. God, You are the one that troubles our quieted soul. You quieten it, Lord, when we're all stirred up in ourselves and full of worry and concern. You come and You pour oil on the troubled waters. But Lord, it seems to me so many times once the oil is quietened, it, you then light the oil. And all of a sudden, what was calm becomes a fire. You want us to move with You. You want us to see something great come to pass. In Jesus' Name. Help us, Lord, we pray. Help us, Lord. Somebody here.
tonight, maybe you've been a Christian a long time. And if you said to me, Jeff, I, I get tired, I'd say, I totally get it. But I also know the power of the Holy Spirit coming on you. It says, old men dream dreams, young men see visions. On your sons and your daughters, the handmaidens, I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. There's never a pension card moment where he goes, you've already got your quota. As long as you're hungry, the oil will keep flowing in your life in Jesus' name. It's only when we shut the lid and say, I've, I've done enough that He stops that. And I feel tonight that the Holy Spirit is stirring people that are here, even while I'm speaking right now. Some of you that maybe are hurt or an offence or maybe a problem, or maybe something you didn't understand that took place. And so you now have kind of thought, well, you know, maybe I'm not meant to. It makes you second guess that call of God. But every one of us is called. We're told that in Scripture, He saved us and called us. Father, help us tonight in Jesus' Name. Everybody, Lord, those that are watching or listening via the podcast, the team that are up up on the desks and doing all the jobs they need to do. Speak to each one of us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' Name. Help us, Lord, tonight in the Name of Jesus. Can we stand together? We're going to sing together that song they're playing. And I want you to take a sacred moment, would you? No matter who you are, no matter how old you are, no matter what you've done. You might be a legend, done amazing things, or maybe you're so new here. You go, Jeff, I haven't had time to do anything yet. Can we just take a moment to say, Lord, I'm available. God, let my life count for You. Gideon had a use by date. Not from God, but for Himself. He said, no, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do any more. So a generation followed by another generation missed out because one man said, no, I I only want to serve for a season. Let's take a moment. Allow the Holy Spirit right where you are. Right where you are. Come on. Right where you are. Some of you here. You close your eyes. We'll sing. But maybe you don't need to sing. Maybe you need to stop and say, Lord, I'm giving you my life again. I've given it to you before. I'll give it to you again. You can have it, Lord. You can have it. I'll give you my life. There isn't a temptation worth my life. There isn't an opportunity worth surrendering my call for what you have. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever bring We live for you Jesus Jesus the name above every other Only one who could ever sing 
prophesy to you tonight. You can mark this, but I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to me that there's going to be even more sending from out of this place. It's not just a season. It's not just a Peru and a moment there or a Cambodia or a Red Frogs moment. But I see people going out and teams going out from this place. Some of you that'll be a part of them, of those things, and you'll find yourself doing things you never imagined, seeing God move in ways you never dreamt of. Don't let your goal in life to be what everybody else calls normal. Set your goals higher than that in Jesus' Name. Pastor Bruce, I asked you on Friday when you came back to the office, I asked you about going back to Peru. You looked at me and said, why? I said, because I believe that in God, it was not a casual comment from me. I feel like your willingness to say yes to a, a space of vulnerability, your willingness to say, I'll let God use some of the ugly parts of my life. Some of the bits that, that I'm sure there were days when all you wanted to do was forget them and pretend they never occurred. And yet your willingness to say, God, you can have all my life, not just the good bits, the presentable parts, that God's gonna use you even more. There's gonna come an even more going and not just to Peru, but to other places that God's gonna open up for you. There's gonna be an opening of doors. I heard the Lord say to me a couple of years ago, and I thought at the time it was only about Malaysia. I've set before you a great and effectual door, but there are many adversaries. I believe some of you here that have thought, you know what, I'm, I'm into retirement mode, I'm into that phase, God's gonna supernaturally make way for you to financially be able to go. Go to some places and where other people are going on holidays, you're gonna go on ministry tour. You're gonna go and God's gonna use you. You'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover in Jesus' Name. You'll go and preach the Gospel and you'll go, what on earth? I thought, I thought that was for young people. God's gonna use you mightily in Jesus' mighty Name. In Jesus' mighty Name. Father, we just surrender to You because You can do beyond anything we can imagine. Oh God, we just love the breadth of Your vision, the depth of it. It goes beyond our horizon. It's never for one moment or one problem, but it goes way beyond that. Some of you here that are in places you never imagined you'd be by the hand of God. And God's gonna use them and open them up even more. Some of you here that think, well, I wonder how long. Some of you here tonight, you've actually thought this, I wonder how long this will last. Because you look where you are and wonder how'd you ever get there. And one day you reckon they're gonna wake up that you're not that good. And then what'll happen? God goes, you know what, if I put you there, I'm gonna keep you there. And I'm only going to take you on to something better and something greater in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Come on, let's sing it one more time. Love God. Allow the Holy Spirit to touch your life in Jesus' name. service tonight that there was going to be, I wrote it down on the bottom of my last page that there's a number of you here that you need a breakthrough in your life. We would love to pray together for you. Whether it's something physical, whether it's something relational, whether it's something financial, whether it's just whatever. But you have been, particularly those of you here that feel like, you know, you've been pressing and it's pressing back. And you think, well, God, this, this pressure is just continuing. Wonder when that's going to stop. We'd love to pray with you. And we're going to do it as a body. It's not going to be the, uh, the anointed few, but it's the anointed many. We'd love to believe God with you. So if you've been feeling that in your life, just pressure against you. Go, God, I, I want to see a breakthrough in that. Would you just lift your hand because some of us that believe are just going to come and stand with you. Up the back there, thank you. Over here, over here, over here, over here, over here, over here. If you see someone, you might, yeah, over here, just wherever you are, come on, we're going to pray. Wherever you are, if you're up in the stage, you can lift your hand, somebody will come to you. There's people here tonight, I know the Holy Spirit spoke to me about breakthrough for your life. We're believing for that tonight in Jesus' Name. I love this because it's not one superstar laying hands. It's the body of superstars, super believers, praying for one another. In Jesus' Name, Heavenly Father, we all together unite our, our confidence and our, our faith towards You for these people. Lord, the breakthrough, the pressure. God, some of them, that pressure that's been, they felt it as a pressure in their mind. How long, how long, how long? God, would you bring breakthrough to their life, we pray. In the Name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, help them tonight. In the Name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, let them come. Breakthrough, Father. In every way, in the Name of Jesus. Amen.
every head bowed, every eye closed for a moment. Maybe you're here tonight and you go, this is wonderful and I'm moved. But I don't know, I was actually in a service once. Before I really committed my life to Christ, I felt really moved. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew it wasn't just uh, an emotion, but nobody in that time and that space, nobody helped me take the next step. That happened later. I really want to help you take the next step. The Bible says that Jesus stands at the door of our life. He knocks. He knocks because why? Why does anybody knock on a door? It's because they want to come in. And so He stands at the door of human lives and knocks. Says, would you let me in? I love this moment. I love it because it's not something profound that you do. It's something extraordinary that He does. You open the door and the Saviour comes in. Oh, that's so amazing. The Saviour comes in. You get saved. He saves you. He lives in you now. He goes home with you and you wake up tomorrow and He's still there because He doesn't go in and out. It's not a revolving door. He comes in and shuts it and says, I'm here. Maybe some of you here in this place would say, Jeff, I, I don't have Jesus in my life. It's so easy. He's already knocking. All you got to do is say yes. Would you do that tonight? Would you say yes to Jesus? Would you say, Jesus, come into my life? Let me lead you in a prayer right where you are. Just to help you, just where you are. You can make this prayer yours. We pray it all the time, every service. You know, every service, somebody prays it for the first time. Somebody prays it to reconnect with God. Every service. That's just the way it is. It's our greatest joy. A moment like this is not the way to end a service. It's the way to begin a great life for you. Make this prayer. I'm going to say it. You can say it if you like. Make it yours right where you are. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I need you. Please come into my life. I need your forgiveness. I need your help. I want to know you. And I want to walk with you for the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You know, if you prayed that meant that, as simple as that sounds, Jesus came into your life right then. Maybe you feel something, maybe you don't. I know you will know the difference. Father, we're so grateful for everything you do and for that beginning moment for our life in Jesus' name. I pray for those that have said yes. Pray, God, as they journey with you. Oh, God, so much awaits them. They'll spend the rest of their life discovering your goodness, your strength, your peace, your joy. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Give those people a big hand, would you, and just say, we love you. man came to me after the service this morning. He said, I need your phone number. I didn't know who he was. Uh, I thought, I wonder what that's about. Going to sign me up to some 
thing, I don't know. He said, no, not your number, this number. I said, oh, you mean 0488 He said, yes, that. And while I'm standing there, he pulls out his phone and he puts it in because he wants to say yes to Jesus. And he wants to text yes because we started this a bunch of years ago. Well, a bunch of years, last year. And, but it's been so impacting to people. More than I ever would have imagined. I've, it's just been incredible. You say yes to Jesus and then tomorrow morning or whatever the day after is, you know, on your one screen of your smartphone comes a scripture and a prayer that you can pray and make yours. And you get that every day for 30 days. And then there's more goes beyond that. We actually haven't stopped rolling out the 10-day follow-up ones, have we? I don't know if you're running out of ideas yet, Bruce, but I'm still getting it. I just signed up for the last one this week. And that's a year and how many months? Four months later, we still got them coming out. And what a great thing. I heard about somebody this week who said, you know, they're a very busy young mum. They signed up to yes because they said, I want to make sure I'm reading the Bible every day. I go, hey, that's great, awesome. 0488 I heard about a young man whose parents are not believers, came to youth, gave his life to Jesus. and uh, But nobody could be in contact. But he used 0488 because his mum and dad, they gave him a smartphone. Don't believe all that stuff about terrible media. You go, oh no, God's using it to touch lives in Jesus' name. And that's pretty awesome. 048, you can text yes. And we'd love to make sure we're helping you, encourage you. Of course, you could always really be, do the old-fashioned analog thing. Talk to a human. That'll still work. 